Hey, this is Sully from the band Theft to the Gallows, REB Records, recording live from Villa Gorilla Studios and the Gothic House. And this is my What the Punk podcast. Hey, Sully. I'm so fucking frustrated for your band.
<laughs> I, I can't. I can't even. I, I just started with it because I've been just consuming Mariana Trench. <laughs> I mean, just like nonstop, and I'll hear a song. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, that's cool. And I'm like, oh no, and you know, I listen to it differently than any normal person. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just like. I was like, oh, this is so great. And I'm like, oh, no. Then I'm like, that's so great. And I just feel like there's three different bands going on at the same time. <laughs> and so that's, and all, it's all good, right? I like it a lot. It's funny. It's Thank you. Being, being in a Chicago band myself at the exact same time, we were so. I can see why we never shared a stage together. <laughs> it was so the, uh, so such the op. I was like in a Black Crows jam band, and I was the lyricist, you know. And you guys are coming from a punk grunge angle, but also with a little jammy to it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think the the early years were. Yeah, certainly. If you listen to that Sidley Show's album, I mean, it started out. Kind of not what I yeah definitely more jam type jam band type thing you know like and uh, which wasn't my style so so you were you and then were, I just wait so did you push yeah. it did you push it more towards a, a heavier sound or a, a rockier sound oh yeah that was like the bane of my existence was trying to make it into like something not I'm not gonna say like. I always, yeah, definitely on the, you know, I wanted to make it super heavy, but at the same time, not like unlistenable or like so avant-garde or anything like that. I, I mean, you know, I like a good hook, but at the same time, I wanted it, you know, to be definitely on the heavy side. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would have hated my band. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though no Sully though you know what I mean honestly I I, I consider I, I am like as is with the rest of my life I I have can appreciate and actually like so many other things other than you know I'm not I'm not very like laser focused like nope I only like you know XYZ type stuff and that's it you know and um about the only thing I don't really listen to is like, I'm not, I, I could even say that I like for the longest time, I'd always joke around that. Like I'll listen to any music except country. And, um, but there's, you know, like some old school country stuff is okay. But, um, that's where I lie, by the way. Yeah. I like, I like my v very old, like, <laughs> yeah, like real Kitty Wells. Yeah. Like Kitty Wells. Yes. Going way back. Yeah, I mean, like, real songwriter-type stuff, you know, like, and, you know, um, yeah, but but I, I just, I, I can really appreciate, like, I love all kinds of music, you know, like, I get in my modes of, I'm just listening to, like, electronic stuff, and, like, you know, I'm, like, all over the map, so, um, you know, but as far as Mariana Trench was concerned, like, you know, you always like, I, I mean, I real I play guitar and bass and I like, I play bass like guitar and I just love the super low end, like heavy, like one of my favorite bands is, I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're called Caius. Yeah, I know Caius. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I know Caius. 
so they're the guys. So Queens of the Stone Age was Caius before they became Queens of the Stone Age. And, um, and I just remember seeing them and I'm like, changed my life. I'm like, nope, gotta, gotta do this. Something more towards that way. But like I said, at the same time, I wanted something like, I'm not going to say commercial, but like, you know, I was, you know, of the mindset of, you know, people have to like it, <laughs> you know, um, people actually have to like, you know, be engaged by it. And it can't be like, just write what you like and fuck everybody else. Cause that never worked for me. No, I think it's a weird dynamic as as songwriters that you're, you're writing for yourself, but you also, whether we know it or, and I would say, you know, people, bag on pop music, writing a really tight pop song, and I said this before, is so difficult. If you can't appreciate yeah. a really good pop song, you're and, and I'm going to throw them out uh, on, on the table here. The other Mary Honest Trench is a pop rock band, and right. they right. have some massive hooks, you know, and they're, yeah. and they're cherry-picked from you know a litany of other songs that they've put together, but they have their their shtick and you know when i search your band uh, from the 90s mariana trench the original one i will say that you know they they have their thing but it's their songs are so well crafted now obviously they might have had songwriting uh old guys like us helping them do that and with production Probably. and things like that right yeah. nine yeah. times yeah. out of 10 that's the case yeah. yeah um but i think as a writer you're you're like oh man that actually is a really good hook. I don't know any of us would run, oh, yeah. run would run away from a good hook. Like I'm not going to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Once if when you pick apart, you know, some of these songs that you've heard a million times, uh, you know, you you know that you hum in your head. I mean, it is like you know you take it for granted. Some of these pop songs like that are like you're like yeah I, that's so easy I could write that, and but like when you really start. <laughs> digging into it and like seeing how it was written and all this kind of, you're like, damn, like this is way more complicated than I thought, you know, just to make something that's seemingly simple. <laughs> but, um, you know, and the other thing to it is, you know, there's only like five songs in the entire world. You know that, right? <laughs> They're just like rewritten and rearranged and putting, put, this style to it and that style to it. It's like, it's what people like, you know? And if you stray from that too much, like you lose people. Well, I think they said that that Bach basically wrote everything and we're basically just ripping Bach off over and over again. And right. I mean, what, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. I mean, whoever, yeah, exactly. But you, but, but yeah, but that's musically, you know? And I think the thing that separates or what for me, makes music music and remember i'm a lyricist primarily so i'm gonna always lean towards the lyric angle yeah. of it yeah but i'm yeah. i'm the thing for me would be the lyrics are telling a story and the music is the backdrop for that and for me the lyric is the most important thing because it gives the imagery and for the, something for the singer to sing that gives the song, which is the chorus, right? Which is the identity yeah. to the song. Yeah. And, right. but that being said, there, 
even with the limited five songs sitting out there that we're all stealing from musically, that's the same thing with some melodies also. You know, that there Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, there's similarities when I've written a song I'm like, "Oh, that's that sounds like Take It Easy." Shit. Oh well, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm going to steal it because the thing I hope that would differentiate the song at that point. Yeah. If you do it deliberately, that's genius, you know. And if yeah. if you do that, and you but your lyrics are strong enough, and you deliver it right, and the performance is strong enough, you know what? Good for you. You get a pass, you know. And right. I think that that's right. something that I really appreciate when um, it was songwriting. You know that they can do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and I and so that, I think that was probably one of our, you know. So it's interesting, you know. I, I mean, since I am not a lyricist, although I I certainly I would love to be, you know, you can't do the people that could do it all are truly gifted, right? Um, but I think that you know, I still, you know, writing a good song, you know, to me the the whole song journey is like you know music's very emotional to me i mean I, you know you some people are you know it's just to the extent of like oh, i like it you know and like okay i can hum that like for me i i just want to be a good song i mean can just make you know it's just gonna make you break down and cry you know i mean whether it's a happy song or and you know intentionally sad song it's like it just touches you you know in some way and to be able to do that um you know is uh yeah it's elusive right <laughs> I mean, oh absolutely if you can if you can get it a couple of times and and for me you know i mean there were you know some songs parts of songs so to speak that maybe <clears throat> that we wrote that you know was getting there and um that's what kept you know it keeps you it keeps you motivated to keep doing it because you're like chasing that basically forever
So let's let's move forward. I want to I want to talk about if, if you're cool. I hope is everything on the table here because I got a ton of stuff I want to talk to you about. Everything's on the table. All right, so I can, I don't have to hold back here and and worry about like your. I want to bring up how we met. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, oh yeah, yeah. All sure. right, great, great. Because some people, you know, people are weird. People are always like. Um, can I hear this back so we can edit out if I don't? I'm like, no, because that's what that's what everybody's doing. That's what everybody's doing on social media. They're they're editing out their real opinions, you know, or how they really right. are. Um, but I want to go. So the reason I wanted to talk to you was because we both met through Dr. Seiler, who specifically Correct. works with people that tend to have OEs or. Or she or overexcitabilities or people like narrow diversities, and we just threw out a little. We have like a men's like emotional. I would say my emotional hug group where guys that are like minded. Yeah. Translation, you know, we cry at movies is really what it's about, and <laughs> that's right, man. It, it, it's like a sewing circle for you know emotional men basically, and yes. you know so. You know, you're coming from, I think, my side of things as far as how we are as people, but um, I think you're you're extremely opinionated and you you're very introspective about yourself. So that's I want to speak to you on that level as as a human being. But I also want to focus a little bit now before we get into that on your journey into becoming a musician with your band Mariana Trench, which originally was um, Sidley Shows, and right. going through that to going to your Joe job and now maybe circling back to where you were in a very Herman Hess and Hartha kind of way on your, on your journey. So let's, sure. let's, let's just maybe just kind of pick up with you as a musician and a guitar bass player and, and how you kind of got signed and from there. Sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, not to, you know, depending on how much you want to hear, I mean, right. Um, I, uh, yeah, just from a, so my, um, I grew up, my uncle, um, is a drummer and he, he was in a, he was in a bunch of almost made it Chicago rock bands in the late seventies and early eighties, early mid eighties. And, um, he's, he's, you know, 10 years older than me, basically a little bit more. And so I was old enough to like kind of hang around him and see, see how the inner workings of, you know, band practice and stuff like that. And I just remember, you know, seeing his band practice as a little kid um, and just, you know, hearing their bass player, play and I'm just like entranced with that. I'm like, I'm going to fucking do that. That's what I'm going to do. Like that's that moment, you know, of clarity. How old were you? <laughs> how old, how old were you? I was like 10, Yep. you know? And, um, and, um, you know, he always exposed me to, to music and, um, you know, always, you know, I'd, I'd go to his apartment and he'd be like, take this stack of records home and listen to them. And, you know, it was like, you know, things, it was all over the board musically, but you know, that's like sex pistols and stuff like that. You know, I'm just like, my God, this has like changed my life. You know, <laughs> like, and, um, and then I would just, you know, I did take piano lessons as a kid. So from, I had sort of, uh, you know, I guess an ear, I mean, I was no like, 
you know, whatever, just the typical like practice, you know, like lesson stuff. I wasn't, no, I was no virtuoso, you know what I mean? And that was about the extent of it. And I, I kind of just did it because my parents made me, right? That one of those things. But once I put the two, the two things together of, you know, seeing my uncle play and hearing all this different music and, you know, like, wait a minute, like I can meld these two things together and I'm, I'm going to figure out how to play guitar. So then in high school, we kind of, the guitar player who has been in Sibley shows in Mariana Trench, Greg Rappin, he, him and I like went to kindergarten and up together and we were always <clears throat> friends at, you know, some point or another. And we started goofing around playing guitar and, but he got into like the whole hair metal thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I was a punk rock skateboarder. And, um, but then after high school, um, he and a, and a few of the other guys, they had started a band and, uh, they needed a bass player and they called me and just said, Hey, we already got this band going. Do you want to play bass? And that was Sibley shows. And, uh, they were just, you know, um, our, the original guitar player in Sibley shows, he, his, his parents, uh, owned, um, one of these like, uh, uh, places that rented out like video games and pool tables to bars. So he had this fucking huge ass cool warehouse where we practiced. Oh, that's nice. Essential, was, was, essential practice space, right? <laughs> it, it was, yeah. It was like the, yeah, it was like the quintessential like, you, you know, cool like warehouse practice space. And anyway, okay, let me ask I you a question. Oh, let me ask you a question. Yeah, you, you and Greg, did you guys were just like yeah. around each other? Like you were just like a unit, like all the time hanging out and yes and no. I mean, you know, we, like we wavered from being really good friends throughout our childhood and, and then sort of drifting apart and coming back. You know, we weren't like besties since kindergarten or anything like that. You know, it was just, it, it was in and out, you know, but the musical thing brought you back together. Correct. Yeah. I mean, like we had always, <clears throat> we'd, we'd always like sort of, experimented with music, you know, when we were like 12, 13 years old, like, you know, we didn't know how to play guitar, but, you know, listening to Sex Pistols and the Ramones and his mom's basement, and we would, you know, we're like, you got to figure this out. It's like three chords, you know? <laughs> and then we drifted apart. And then, like I said, we came back together. You know, he joined this sort of like jam band with, this, the singer, Ben, he, uh, he, we went to high school with him and, uh, again, we, you know, we were kind of friends, but not, not best friends by any stretch. And, uh, he was playing with Greg and this guy, John, that had the practice space and, um, and our drummer, this guy brought, well, actually our original drummer was named Phil, um, drummers come and go, um, at least in my life. And, uh, I think, I think in join. everybody, I think in every band's life, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, we've yeah. talked about, it's kind of like their thing, right? It's just, <laughs> that's why it's in spinal tap, right? You know, the drummer explodes. You oh know? my God. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> um, it's a trait. It's definitely a personality <laughs> trait, you know, and they're just, they're very non-committal. And I find most drummers yeah. are in like six bands 
they never just commit. Yeah. Right? And if you do find one, I think like with Chad Smith with the Chili Peppers, he kind of knew. He's like, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this. Right. It's really right. it's really rare, extremely rare. Yeah, because it's. Because if you're good, you're in high demand, right? And then you you spread yourself thin, and you know. Uh, but I, but at the same time, I think uh, as a drummer, I mean, so I think as a drummer, I know we're getting sidetracked here, but for like a drummer, it's almost like a, just a technical skill, or it can be treated as such. And I think a lot of people do, and it's like I'm super technical, and I could play the drums, and they don't. They, I think they're perceived as like there's not as much feeling involved with playing drums as as a, another instrument, like guitar, bass, keyboard, what have you. But I think that's really that's entirely wrong. But I oh, think that's oh, how oh. most people. No, you know, I tell you, you know what it is. I, I think there's a, a hybrid here, though, and I think that most drummers aren't songwriters. Right. Correct. So they're what they're doing is they're they're supporting the melody. They're not yes, necessarily they're just dictating the melody, yeah. right? And so right. you're you're limited in what you can do. Right, the influence that you'd have, correct. Right. So their brains aren't operating that way. You know, and, and you know, it's funny, I um I did a video uh when we were recording one of our songs uh for uh, this band Black's Backbone. And we were recording live drums at Gravity Studios, where you actually recorded uh, two Mariana yeah. Trench albums, Small World, just a couple years ago. And I interviewed the guy that was laying down uh, drums, and I'll I'll put a link to the the session because we we actually ended up fucking up the drums to the song that we were doing, uh, No Sex for You. And so we had him come in, and he was explaining about like how it's really important when you're recording for a drummer that the velocity in which you hit is even. So one of the things that he developed was his how he hits the drums evenly when you went for an engineer so the engineer doesn't have to um, mm-hmm. constantly, because that takes time and money, right, when you're paying for that, but also live, that he about yeah. how hard he hits and how he controls the sticks. And I was like, wow, that's, that's actually fascinating. Uh, but I, I think, so when you have guys like that, which can becomes very technical and how you do that, you're right. I, I think it takes away a lot of the, um, thought process for writing. I mean, and so hold on, stay on this tangent for a second though. How many times would you be in a session working on, working on a song, you and your guitar player, Greg are all, they're working, you guys are working together and the drummer's just sitting there like looking at his watch. Like what, when do yep. I get to, when do I get to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm not, but, but again, those are, and those are the drummers that like we never clicked with were the guys that were like that. Because they're not a lot of those guys. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I, whatever. I'm just gonna say, it, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, they're just. We just didn't click with them, you know. And it's nothing to take away from, you know, a, a, you know, a, a technical drummer. But if you're not musical, you have nothing to contribute in those moments. When you know, but I, I think good drummers can. Yeah, they might be sitting there for a while. I agree with that statement 100%. But rather than checking out and like 
you know, just doing something else. Like they're actually listening to this shit and they're like, wait, what about this? Or, you know, they do contribute maybe. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. But but like that statement could adjust like the, I was going to say like, did you ever um, watch Sympathy for the Devil with the Stones when they're going through the song? It started off like as a folk song and then they added, uh, added the beat to it. And it changes right, right? right, right, and they break it down, and like, right, so that's so when you alter, would say, and say, so here we go, right, we're tearing drummers down, but then we're also building them at the same time. They can be really imperative to the direction of a song if they're engaged and ready to go. Please let me introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for many a long, long year Stole many a man's soul and faith Yes, I was around when Jesus Christ Had his moment of doubt and pain Made damn sure the pilot Washed his hands sealed Introduce myself. I'm a 
But I feel right, like, right, right. But I've had more drummers like, and I was lucky with with, with Satya Graha. With with uh, we had a drummer named Terry Keating, who is a phenomenal drummer, and he sells actually restores and sells drums online, and people should check him out and I'll put a link to his stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but he was actually engaged in the songwriting process. So I was spoiled with my with my very first drummer for the first band I worked with. But most drummers after Terry were like, oh, uh, I got another rehearsal in two hours. So can we hurry up? And I was like, what? Right. <laughs> right. Just t- tell me what to play. Right. Right. All right. So go <laughs> right. ahead. We, it's, we just t- part, it's just part four, four. And then, and then that's it. Right. And I'll go play it. Exactly. Exactly. So um, anyway, sidetrack. Let's come back to. So, oh yeah. So I, so they had the Sidley shows thing going, but they weren't serious. I mean, it, I mean that in the sense that they weren't playing any gigs really. It was just sort of like still um, starting, but they had sort of established sort of a relationship already. And <clears throat> John and Greg guitar players, right. They, they, they sort of, they're, they're, you know, Greg was originally in this hair band called High Society, and they played at like all these, you know, Thirsty Whale and stuff like that. Which, if you're from here, I mean, you'll know the Thirsty Whale. It's the premier like, premier metal club, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I think it was in River Grove or something like that. Um, but in, in any case, um, so he he sort of like was you know done with that, and him and John were like writing all these like Grateful Dead sort of jammy type songs as you know as as you say and uh the drummer was pretty much the same <laughs> type of thing and and Ben the singer like they they always all these you know if the whole deadhead scene it's not that I don't like the Grateful Dead I just hate their fan base right and so they were all like into into the dead at that time, and I'm just like they asked, they call me up one day because Greg and I were best buddies for on and off throughout the years, and he's like, "Hey, we need a bass player. Can you you want to come play with us?" And I'm like, "Sure," and I'm like, "Well, you know, I I sat in with them, and I'm like, this really sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like I." You know, I I just saw it as an opportunity, right, to, I'm like, okay, here is a group of guys together that all actually have some talent as opposed to, like, you know, in those formative years, you know, like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, you know, we're going to start a band. And, you know, I can't tell you how many bands I was in before that that wasn't really a band because... You know, the guy wanted to play drums, but he didn't know how. And you could go to his house and jam there because his parents didn't care. And, you know, so he was in the band, right? But this was actually, you know, a group of guys that could play. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. And, like, I know Greg has played other stuff, and, and we kind of share the same music background for heavier music. So maybe I can influence him to, you know, sort of start going in a different direction. And, um, and that's kind of, and that's kind of how, how it all started. And, um, and we just started and and they, they wanted to play covers and, you know, back then, I mean, if you're a cover band now, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's a different time, right? If you were a cover band in the nineties, 
you know, for me, it just, there was no coolness factor um, at all. I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. Let's write our own songs. And, and um, we just started slowly putting, you know, riffs together. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned this to, to you before one time, you know, they had some songs written and they were just these like folky sort of, you know, just lame songs. And, and so they'd, they, they already had sort of the arrangements together and they'd be playing. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not playing this. So I would purposely just start playing some baseline that was, you know, anti whatever the song was. And it kind of sounded cool. And so then it, it started, I guess my, my, uh, influence sort of, took hold because they're like, well, that actually sounds pretty cool. It's not at all what we had in mind, but you know, maybe the, and so the song ended up being, you know, something a, a little heavier. Again, I'm going to cut you off there because I think this is where people miss the boat sometimes on, and this is why I do like the collaborative process or even when I'm just writing and you, you have this idea of like, this is where it's going to go or like, this is the song. But then someone comes right. in and you're just, you're so, you have such a fixed mindset that you're on, you're unwilling to hear, wait a minute, because it didn't, right. come, because it didn't come from you. Right. And then Correct. it's, and it's like, wait a minute, but wait, does it sound, does this sound better? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted. And you're like, I right. got that, but how about it goes in a different direction that you intended and maybe it's cooler and your, your stamp is still on it. It's the, it's the collective stamp. And I think that's hard for a lot of people. And I would argue bands. It was that, really impossible for me at, at the beginning. Well, like, like how, in what way were they just, did they fight you on it? Well, I know because I didn't appreciate what you're saying. Oh, go, 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 go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess, you know, looking back on it now, like, I mean, I, you know, most people, <laughs> when you're, when you're, you know, 18, 19 years old, right. You're, you're pretty bullheaded about stuff and, and, you know, you're not really as willing to listen to other people's opinions. So I was all of that mindset. Uh, you know, I was, you know, trying to change the songs to, but it, I was never happy with it because I'm like, but it's still not what I want. Oh, so you were okay. So hold on, hold on. I'm going to cut you off again. Hold, that's my New York way. That's my that's my uh, narrow diversity kicking in. Um, <laughs> so so you come in and you're like jam band. Oh fuck no! And I'm going to start playing some shit. But I do appreciate these right. guys are all here. They're showing up, and you start doing that thing but it's still not what you wanted. Did they have pushback on you changing their songs also? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm sure. I, I mean, I was a complete jerk, you know? I mean, <laughs> I, and, and, um, it, you know, at, at, but at the same, you know, looking back on it now, I'm just like, no man, that would, that sounded great. You know, it's like, you should have just been happy with, you know, some of these like, you know, there, there, there's only a handful of songs on the Sidley Shows album, but it's pretty representative of what we sounded like. And a lot of those sort of, I'll, I'll say, like, funky jam songs are actually, they're some of my favorite songs now, looking back on it. 
time I was so just focused on like no ch- we need to change this that you sort of like for you know you didn't appreciate it in the moment but yeah they would fight me a lot so I just want to clarify then you were able to release three albums with everybody disagreeing <laughs> well by the well <laughs> we fought so much so much so that by the time we got signed to Acme that the original founding drummer and guitar player left. So it was just down to me, Greg, and Ben. So bass, guitar, singer. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it took its toll for sure. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I don't know what would have happened, right? I mean, it's a... 
you know, so like there was, uh, I mean, there was other factors involved too. It wasn't just because we didn't get along. I mean, there's always more to the story, but I mean, we, uh, you know, anyway, so <laughs> back to the, so, you know, we were sort of a funky jam band, I guess, you know, it is what Sidley's shows was. And, you know, we got to the point where, you know, we, we did start playing out. I mean, there was this little crappy bar that we loved um, on the real far <laughs> north side of the city called Biddy Mulligan's. It was on Sheridan. And it was sort of like, a, <laughs> like it was just a weird place. And uh, they had all kinds of different styles of music there. But, um, you know, we were all like 20, 21. And like they didn't care that we weren't 21 yet. And they'd let us play there type of thing. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, we all went to high school together. So we had, and, and the singer, Ben and and John, the guitar player, like they had a lot of friends. They were like more the, the, you know, the popular crew, um, so to speak. And we had like an instant fan base because, you know, it was just, all the, all of their college friends would come to see us. And, and it was like, you know, we'd play there. We'd pack that place. I mean, it was, it, it was like, it was crazy. And, um, but I still wasn't happy, you know, because we, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to play. So even though it was fun and like, um, you know, we, we were drawing crowds. I'm like, guys, we can't rely on this. This is not, this is not going to last. You know, we're, we're in this, you know, little cush zone because, you know, we have a lot of friends and they come to see us play, but like, you know, we, we, we need to change and get better and different if we actually want to make it, you know, and, and get to the next level, if that makes sense. And and I think that that's a good point. That a lot of people, your friends are coming because you're it's it's exciting. They're throwing, uh, showing support. You're a novelty for a while, right? right. And they're right. not going to keep coming for six years, right? When you're, <laughs> right. you know, when you're 21 and 22 or 20 with fake There's ID. There's nothing else to do. You just want to go out and drink, right? right? And, and, and your friends are up music. there, right? And your friends are up there jamming. And that's fun and cool, and yeah, and you appreciate it as as the band as an artist but that's not going to last unless you're songwriting and you start appealing to people that are outside your, your circle. Right. And I, and I guess, you know, it depends on what your goal is too, as a musician, right? Like if that's all you wanted to do, you're golden, right? You, then you're good. You made it. Oh, right? life's easy. Life, your... is, life is easy. And you have some really cool <laughs> right. friends that keep showing up. That's a, that, that's, you better hold on to those right. friends. <laughs> Right. So, but at the time, I think it was hard for me to articulate in grown-up language, right? That I want that that I wanted more, and I think some and and some of the other guys did too. But you know, I think and and you know, I I don't know, you know, I've never had this deep of a conversation with all the members that were ever in Sibley shows in Mariana Trench. I don't, you know, I don't don't know 
what their intentions were all the time. And maybe, you know, that was a huge miss, right? Probably for all of us to understand that. So you really wanted to be, you want, you wanted to be a professional musician making a living and you did not not get that across to the rest of the band. They might've actually all had different feelings about that. Very narrow. Yes. Very like I was all or nothing. Like, I'm just like, we, 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 like, we're going to be huge or I'm not doing it. So where I fucked up was with my band, um, was that I was like you and very vocal about it. And, and I'll, so I'm going to let you cut yourself some slack for a second because I made promise. Cause I was, I wasn't on stage, right? I was basically writing lyrics and songwriting and right. handling the business. And I pumped things up. Whereas like, I'm going to make this happen. And I had such hubris. And so when things didn't happen, right. Or they, or you book a show and I call the promoter at the core and he's like, yeah, let's book you guys. It's going to be great. Do you want a Friday or Saturday? And I said, what's the biggest night for that? And they're like, oh, it's always the Saturday, uh, after, after, um, St. Patrick's day. So I book that day. And then what happens? it rains and nobody shows up. Right. And then, and, <laughs> right. and then it's, yeah. and then it's my fault. Right. And yeah, who knew? Right. But there were other things too, where when I made no bones about, Hey, I want to be signed. I want to be a professional songwriter. I want to do this. Right. But when you have that and that's all you're saying, but you know, and you're playing, I mean, we played House of Blues, we played, Fitzgerald's was very good to us, a fantastic club. Fitzgerald's, sure. We, we yeah, played regularly, that. and we had a great, and we had a lot of, uh, and the people in the band brought their, and they were great. And then we started getting kind of a little bit of our own following. And it was a good band, but I couldn't deliver to the way that, or I couldn't get it over the hump, you know? And so then it becomes like, I'm the problem. And you know what? Right. I didn't, I was, I was so driven that I think it was just such a turnoff. And, and you know, and again, if I could go back in time and say, Hey, listen, I would have done that differently. The the goal would have been the same, but I yeah. definitely would have handled it differently. Different approach. And I'd yeah. apologize. I mean, I wish I could talk to those guys and be, Hey, listen, and, and, uh, the lead, uh, one of the lead singers, Nora, uh, was a good singer. And, you know, I, I wish I had a different attitude and tone, but like you said, like hindsight, I didn't have those tools. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Most people don't. Right. I mean, or still don't. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you have, if, yeah. no, but so you have a band now so, that you have like your drive and the other half, maybe, or maybe not. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I, I think for, um, you know, for the guitar, for this guy, John, I mean, it was, it was like a little, it was a little too much for him. It got to be a little too, intense and um and you know I mean, I, he had a lot of personal stuff going on in his life and you know i mean both of his parents died when he was in high school and like i mean he had like a heavy emotional aspect to his life that you know i couldn't yeah you know, at that time i couldn't relate to you know and um but again it's like you said right i mean the goal would have been the same it's just the approach i would have taken might have been a little bit different um but, um, so we start, um, so yeah, we, we, so now we're playing, you know, opening, you know, and at that time too, right. As you know, you could just call up these clubs and just be like, Hey, can we play? 
Do you have a demo? All right, yeah, you guys sound good. Uh, can you guarantee, you know, 30 people will show up? Sure. <laughs> and that was it, right? And you, you got booked. And if you did good, then they didn't invite you back. And now you could play on a Thursday and then a, a Friday opening for somebody bigger. And, then, you know, like that type of thing. And, um, like, nowadays, it's so convoluted. But um, so we started playing, again, you know, building a following, and, you know, we did have a genuine following. And um, and then we were playing at this place called Avalon, which is on, uh, you know, like, basically Belmont Sheffield. Uh, it's on the upstate. It was, we loved playing there. I mean, it was awesome. But um, Acme was there, and it was packed. Acme was there to see the band that we were opening for. And they caught us and the guy, I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was hilarious. Actually. It was, it was very cliche movie ish. Right. Um, you know, after, after in the dressing room, after, <laughs> after we played, you know, this guy comes in, uh, with black slicked back hair and, um, hands me his card. And he's like, we really liked you guys. We'd like to, you know, talks of business. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, what what is this? Like are you, are you some kind of mobster or something? Yeah, what, what, you know, was, what was his name? Satan? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's what it, it well at the time obviously we didn't know that um it was so the two brothers basically own I, I don't I mean I, I'm so far out of it I, I and purposely so I just sort of I don't really follow too much. I, they might still be around, but the two, two brothers, they, they're the guys that basically started Acme. And it was one of the brother. it was the younger brother who in his mind was being professional, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, learning at that time. But, um, anyway, yeah, we just, we ended up, uh, you know, talking with them and, at, and then, yeah, the next thing you know, they're like, all right, like, we're going to move forward with this. And are you guys fucking serious? Because, you know, we're, we're not going to sign you if this isn't real <laughs> type of thing. You know, like, this is the expectations, right? Like, you got to play, you know, our promoter is going to, you know, we're, you're going on the road. You're doing this. You're doing, you know, like, it's, it's now next level. And, um, and, uh, you know, we were all excited. And then this dude, John's like, I, I can't, I don't think I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, to this day, he maintains that I kicked him out of the band. And, um, like I said, I mean, I probably wouldn't change my approach, but I mean, that's not, you know, I, everybody's got their own account of stuff. Right? But, um, he, he just, he couldn't handle that that load and that stress and the commitment to, to be, to potentially, you know, like you guys are going to like do this and, you know, here's some money right now, you know, cause we just signed you, but like now there's all this pressure on you to deliver and play all these shit, you know, and he, he just, he honestly just couldn't commit to it. And I don't blame him for it. And, um, so before we put out the first Mariana Trench CD, um, he departed and we said, all right, like we got to regroup, <laughs> like who's, <laughs> you know, and then meanwhile, Acme's like, 
wait, what do you mean? You're original. Like we just signed you and your guitar player is leaving. And, um, we got, uh, we got another guitar player, um, who we were, you know, it was kind of part of our inner circle and, um, we renamed the band, um, cause John had thought of Sibley shows and just sort of out of respect for him. We're like, all right, like we're renaming the band. So let's just start fresh with Acme and move forward. So that's pretty much for the most part, all the events leading up and to then, us getting signed with and Acme. And then they were, they took over basically with a recording budget and said, here, here's your, we're going to get you being promoted. And here's, yeah, a, like here's a hundred thousand dollars. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Quit your jobs. Yeah. <laughs> You're committed to us, right? This is the first priority. So they put money up. They actually said to you guys, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was we were um, we were one of the first bands that they signed on their label, actually. So they were just all gung ho about it, and they're like, "Nope, we're you know we're doing this." And and you know again, they were they were pretty new at it too. So there's a lot of I think learning from them, and and you know like the usual story type stuff, right? You put too much, you know, we didn't know, and we just wanted to write music and put too much trust in them probably and you know, like didn't control our own fate so to speak as much as we should have and so, um so just to clarify that ready people be like oh you got signed what'd you get let's hear the money right people are like, you know you're, you're you're a local band with a following with a local label that wants to promote you and it's their first one they didn't hand you four hundred thousand dollars and say, "Here, no. go." <laughs> right. no, no, like, no, 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 right? Like, let's just, no, let's this just wasn't. Like, yeah, this was not like we've we've hit the big time. You know, I mean, in our feeble minds, it was a, it was a pretty big step, um, and and it was rightfully said it was a big step. But yeah, it was. Uh, let's see. I think collectively as a band, I think we got. It was like it was like sixty five grand or something like that um, for for all of us to get you know to as as the pot. Um, and was it also to towards your recording? Is that also for your recording as well? No. Oh wow! No, that was that's actually that was good. Like, yeah, that was like that's real money. Like I said, quit your job, Shit. right? And you know you're gonna you know at that time. I mean that was that was a pretty good chunk of change. It's like yep go buy new equipment, you know, get, get, you know, get your stuff straightened out. And then, um, yeah, the recording was, you know, total separate budget, total, you know, separate deal. Now that 65, then, uh, but that 65 K was also for you guys to live off of too. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was like, and, and whatever, like tiny amount of money we're making from shows. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, it ran out. It ran out like instantly. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> right. So that's why then bands are like, oh my God, I'm rich. And you're like, dude, don't spend that money. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. I mean, we didn't, I mean, like I said, we, I mean, we, we truly didn't do anything stupid with the money. It's not like, it, yeah, there was no like, you know, buying of, you know, a new car or any shit like that. There was nothing like that. You know I mean? Um, and we didn't even go crazy with our equipment. We literally, I remember going to the guitar center on Clark and Belmont with Greg 
And like we each picked out, like he got, he got like a new Les Paul and I got like an Ernie ball and we're just like, yeah, should we do this? Or I don't know. <laughs> you know this is a lot. So, um, well, and, was, you got, and, you have, and you have five guys in the band. So that's $65,000 yeah, yeah. for five people to last you a year. Yeah, it's nothing. Is that, is that a year? Yeah. Is that for a year? Is that the yeah. idea? Yeah. Yeah. Until like we kind of, you know, get, yeah, that was just to grease you while, you know, you came up to speed and, you know, when you started making money from, from shows and from record sales and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, so what was the, yeah. what was the recording process like going into, uh, so I have a couple questions on that. So Acme ponies up the money, gets you, they start going to start yeah. booking agents. You roll into gravity. Did, is that, and the sound started changing at that point. Correct. Well, right. So, yeah. I'll, that, so that piece is important because the sound changing, because, you know, there was a lot of, that was a very pivotal time. You know, John was a big influence on this jam folky sound to it, I'll say. And with him leaving, you know, I just grabbed that opportunity. And again, this is not just me dictating by any sense. This is just my you know, piece of the puzzle, but you know, I'm like, guys, like, you know what? We got a new name. We were signed. John's not in the band anymore. Let's like, we're going to write all new songs. Like we need to like, this is the opportunity we can like change our sound. Right. And it's funny, you know, regardless of, you know, the recording and all that kind of stuff, you know, we were still, we're still playing out. Right. And, um, so we sort of, you know, we did, we had a, a really big following, um, at all of our shows and, um, it started to taper off because we changed our sound and it's like less and less of the old crowd kept coming because they're like, well, we don't like this, <laughs> you know? And then I'm sitting there going like, but no, this is still the right way, <laughs> you know? Trust me, it'll get, you know, it'll turn around. And the other four guys and, are look, um, looking at you, you're like, you dumbass, we just lost our fan base. <laughs> you know? I mean, there was a little bit of that, but I mean, they were, you know, they were committed to it too. I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like I said, I was not ever dictating things to them of like, you know, this is how it happened. I mean, it was, it was all of us, right? It was, we we're all along for the ride. So, but like I said, I mean, it just, it was a scary time because, all these like, you know, fun time shows are, you know, college party drinking drink fest, you know, red solo cup shows that were fun as hell that I didn't enjoy in the moment. Cause I'm Mr. I want, I want to play, you know, at the Metro and be serious. Like that is all gone now. And it's like, I kind of miss that, <laughs> you know? And, um, so anyway, that, that's sort of when, you know, we, well, it is when we got serious about the music, um, as well. And then, uh, yeah. And then, then we recorded the CD. So how, as you were recording that and you're watching your fan base dwindle, did you start grabbing any new fans or did you really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it did. Yeah. I mean, we would we wouldn't have continued on if it was, if it just fizzled out then. You know, it fizzled out later, but not then. And and the um, music landscape was changing then too. You know, grunge was starting to to really start hitting its stride pretty heavy. That's right. Yeah. So you actually 
you were pushing for that sound. It, is that because you were hearing grunge or that you just always lean towards towards that sound? And I mean, I was always, yeah, I was always into the heavier um, stuff. You know, like I grew up just, you know, you know, like I said, just all, you know, punk rock stuff, like all the time for the most part, right? With some guilty pleasure stuff sprinkled in. But I was always like of, you know, the heavier, you know, sort of mindset of, of playing. And, um, and then, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's when, uh, you know, that's when every, that's when everything exploded, you know, with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you know, Smashing Pumpkins also were, you know, at that time just becoming huge. I think Gish, Gish, Gish had come out in 90, 92, 93. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that was like my holy grail of, you know, of, of, uh, albums at that time. You know, I'm just like, guys, we're, we're like on the tape, like we're like a year or two behind this. We need to get here now. And that was, that, that, that was sort of my thought process. And, you know, not that I wanted to sound exactly like any one of those bands, but you know, I still wanted us to be us. I certainly didn't want to, you know, copy anybody's sound or anything like that. It wasn't about, Oh, we just need to do that so we can make it. I mean, I truly loved it. Right. Um, so that's sort of what, you know, was going through my head and, and, you know, uh, it just, it it just became increasingly difficult to keep, you know, driving that, like you said, you know, as you listen to the album, you know, these CDs, you know, you can hear sort of the, the different styles just sort of like, wait, that part doesn't fucking go with this. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's because there was, you know, people, uh, you know, contributing to it that obviously had different influences.
Did the uh, producer... So did they give you a, a producer for your albums when you rolled into the studio? And did you guys... Did they give you free reign on arrangements and songwriting and basically the engineer yeah. was supposed to just yep. basically get a more polished sound. Yeah, it was free reign. Wow. And, um, they, you know, again, there was like, of course, right. I mean, it's, it's, it was, wasn't, I mean, so it was Doug McBride and our engineer was, uh, Scott Thomas was his name. And, um, they by no means tried to, um, well, I mean, again, looking back on it, it's not what they were paid to do, right? So um, it was just free reign for us, and they would give their suggestions, right, of like, hey, in this part, you know, like, did you, did you ever think about doing this instead? Yeah, but it was nothing like, nothing completely outside of what the originality of the song was, you know, it was like, it was, it was pretty much all us. I will say though, in, in with Doug McBride, um, he's pretty much like that though. You know, where he's mm -hmm. like, you know, I have a suggestion. You might want to think about this. And you know, I, I've always given him credit. I think he's a he's a, a really good engineer and and producer. Uh, I have, yeah. As, as he probably has his issues with me, I have his issues with you. But overall, as <laughs> as a as a music person, I've never found him heavy handed or pushing his agenda. You know, I've always no, felt, not, yeah, exactly. right? I don't know if you had that experience with Doug, but I've always felt, um, which is why I, we still go to gravity. You know, I like the room. I like the sounds they get. And I've, I've never had a bad experience there. Um, but I, again, I think that's important though. Cause when someone's, you know, like, um, I always, cause I'm a huge joy division fan, Martin, Martin Hannett, you know, pushed the joy sure. division sound. And basically it was like, listen, everybody shut up. Just I'm gonna, right. you know, and I'm gonna. Few, uh, one of the lines is from one of the um, uh, members being interviewed said, like, yeah, he future proofed us. He created a sound for us that we actually didn't want, and in hindsight, he was right. You know, and I right, think, right. So there's there's a catch twenty two here. Do you want somebody? So did that? So I actually have a question now. If Doug maybe was more heavy handed and was like, you know. That part sucks, dude. You guys might want to do this, or you're going to do, let's do <laughs> let's do both and see. But but then yeah, in right oh in right yeah in retrospect oh hell yeah I wish we would have had more direction you know because you know it, it just it was all on us right I mean it was like and 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 again at the time uh, Doug pushing us to do something else or sound different. I would have been fucking pissed at, at that time. Right. But, you know, like you're saying now, it's like, you know, you, you, you know, who knows what could have happened? I mean, there's, right, there's a, a million stories about guys doing that. And it just sounds like everybody else. Cause that's what they want it to sound like. And it's only the million and one per, you know, time that that happens and it turns out good. Right. And think of the position you got to cut an engineer a lot of slack, right? Or a producer, because you're dealing with my present company included temperamental, emotional people that are quote unquote artists who have a vision and you're <laughs> yeah. and, right. And you're like, Hey man, I, I, I see your vision, but maybe we don't want to go there. <laughs> right. And they have to do it in a way 
that can conjole you in the right direction. I don't say right or wrong direction, but in a way that might be a little stronger yeah. than what you intended. And that's a really tough place to sit in. You know, it's yeah. God, you're, yeah, cause you're, if you're not good at that, it's, it's obviously, yeah. I mean, it's disastrous, right? Yeah. And you know, and I would just say to all artists, if you're going to work with a producer engineer, just be open, you know, like they're not just try it, you know? And, and yeah. I, same thing too, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly like I wanted it, you know? And, and I'll tell you one thing too. Artists will say a lot of times, oh, I hate that song. And they'll say they hate a song that they've done because of the experience they had recording it. So maybe mm. they didn't like the direction it went. So that will, that, that will just skew everything they feel about oh, a, sure. a certain song, which actually, if, can you sit now like you, tw 20 years later, you know... I kind of wish we did this or, hey, that actually was a good direction. I wish I wasn't such a, you know, D-bag on that. And, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, there were some, uh, some, you know, a few signs that, I, you know, I think, I mean, shit, I'd probably change all of them if I had to redo it over now. Not, maybe some not as drastic as others or, you know, I like some better um, now that I, that I didn't, but as, from a, you know, from the standpoint that you're saying, as far as like the the recording experience and everything like that, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, I think we, um, I think all of us were very open and um, not the temperamental prima donna artist of like, you know, oh, you guys are supposed to come in at you know noon. I fucking didn't roll until four, and I'm fucking drunk and high as a kite. So sorry. You know, it was not. It was nothing like that. I mean, it 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 was a learning experience for us, especially on the first one. You know, working uh, with Doug. You know, we thought that you know this like that we need we need to learn this and and appreciate him. You know, um, so that's more of what the experience was like because none of us have been had ever recorded at that level before you know, of, of reality, <laughs> I'll say. Um, so you so got, I, I, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean, I mean, so, um, but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, yeah, not, none of it was a horrible experience or, or something that is like a bad memory. I like, again, I, I just, I'm very introspective about everything. You know, so to me, it's like, I, I just, you know, we, you know, what's our direction? We, we should have owned that more. Right. And, and, um, did, hold on, and, did, did, Doug, did Doug ever say to you ever, like, are you like, Hey guys, this seems like, or anybody, did anybody? Yeah. Kind, yeah. He did kind of in a sense, but like, you know, like you said, he's, he's, he's a, he is a very sort of mild mannered guy, right? He, he's not, um, He's, he doesn't push it too much. And, but he did, you know, I, I remember at one point, <clears throat> this was before we recorded the second album and we'd have a lot of meetings with him before we even recorded. Right. And he's, you know, take like, what do you want your base? To, you know, like, give me some examples of, you know, what you like and what this, you know, and <clears throat> before we recorded, our second CD, which is just Mariana Trench, like he did bring that up. He's like, you know, I think you guys seriously need to like take a step back 
all of you and like, is this really what you want to do? And you need to, you need to basically show more commitment and into figuring out what the direction is, is, is essentially what he told us. And, um, that kind of like that hit me hard, you know? How did the other guys so, react to that? I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, I think it was impactful to all of us. Um, at that time, so this is where we get into shit like we shouldn't talk about, right? So, <laughs> like at that time, so Greg, um, Greg had a, a pretty significant drinking problem, um, you know, which. You know, I'm not, I'm no angel myself, but at the, you know, at the same time, it was, it was, it was becoming like a huge problem. And, um, and I think the reaction, you know, that, that was really coming to a head at that time. Um, as far as his, you know, or maybe I should say a bottom <laughs> for him at that time. Um, in that part of his life. So I think that that was Doug's comment and reaction, you know, it was, you know, had to do with all of us, but I mean, especially, you know, um, there was a piece of Greg's personal life in that respect that was affecting all of us. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then, and what he's been through also, I'm surprised, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, yeah. So he, yeah. I mean, it got, yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's like, I mean, I, my whole thing is like, I, I want to eventually write a movie script about all of <laughs> what, all of what happened at that time. And then like flash forward to now, because like Greg lives a block away from me and we don't talk. Oh man. And John lives two blocks away from me. And we don't talk either. And it's it's just bizarre. I mean, like the whole thing is just like a horrible movie script that, you know, should be on like Lifetime or something. You know, and I think I was about to say, you know, like right there, actually, into about a movie. I was like, oh, no, here, where to go, Ryan? Another rock star movie. Right. And <laughs> yeah, but hold on. Three guys. They're in the same band that live blocks from one another and no one's speaking, you know, yeah. and, and you've, and you spent a really formative time together. Like as, as gr- like, it's so weird because when these things happen, they, you know, what do they say? Like your, your frontal lobe isn't fully developed until you're like 25. So you guys, right. so here we are, you're expected <laughs> to write these meaningful songs and perform and, you know, you are supposed to be getting drunk and you are supposed to be messing around and, and, and doing stupid shit. But at the same time, after you do the stupid shit, you're supposed to be at least some kind of growth from that as you inch out of that and become a real human being while, Oh, and by the way, here's 65 grand and Oh, and all that other shit that happened to you when you were younger. Yeah. Don't worry about that. You know? (laughs) And so I, I just, I don't know. It's, I, f- I feel for artists and groups because when you have this artistic bent and you're trying to 
to, to figure yourself out. And that's really what the songwriting is too, right? Even though you're trying to make something that you want people to listen to, it's still self-exploration. You're still trying to get yourself off, right? You don't want to write, sure. you don't want to write crap music. You don't want to write a, Absolutely. a, a bad song. And yeah. so now you have these three guys and maybe I'll be honest with you. Maybe it's, maybe they are a little bit like, fuck you, Ryan, or it could also be, it's too painful. I, I don't even want to go yeah. there. You know, I had a, a... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, look, so like I had a friend, right, that we reconnected after after college and we had a beer, beer one night. Uh, there was actually three of us, uh, my friend Dan and TJ, who I grew up with. And, I mean, we spent like our whole like eighth grade through like after college and all of a sudden... TJ just dropped off and I sent him things and I said to him like through Facebook or a te- Hey man, listen, I just want to know you're okay. If you don't want to talk, if I did something wrong, totally, right. I'm sorry, but can you just let me know? Like, I don't want to keep wasting my time if you don't want to talk to me, yeah. which is Give fine. Me some closure. Right. Yeah. I'm all, I'm the closure guy. I hate things being op- op- uh, op- open. I can't even speak sometimes open ended. And all of a sudden, yeah. like last year, he hits me up through like Facebook and I'm like, you know, like an- another decade later. Right. Right. And it's a thing of like, if I was like, th- I don't know, 30, I'd be like, fuck you, man. Now I haven't responded. <laughs> right. But I do understand that sometimes you, and I do it also where I'll alienate myself. I'm just going to drop out of the planet right now because yeah. I'm dealing with me. I'm dealing. Right. I just have to, I, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, I got my second divorce going on. I've got three kids. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, struggling with my songwriting and I'm trying to go do my day job and having any other kind of conversation with anybody is just so, feels so daunting and a mountain I can't climb. Yeah, you can't juggle at all. No, I, and I can't breathe sometimes. And I think, so I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, even though you guys are close together, that distance between your houses could be really a long way for, for these guys. Do you know what I'm saying? It it could feel like it could, I'm not being funny. It could feel like the Mariana trench that (laughs) physically, physically you're, you're in close proximity, but emotionally, mentally, it is so far gone. It is so deep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's not like I wake up every day and think like both these guys live a block, you know, whatever, a couple in my neighborhood and, I don't, I don't, you know, it's because of that. Right. And it's like, I've, you know, of course at first, you know, it's like, you think about those things like, Oh man, it was me or what did I do? You know, And it's like, well, shit. Yeah. They got their own stuff going on and you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it might be too painful for them to revisit. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there are some people <clears throat> right to the magic of, social media that you reconnect with and, you know, or, or you get to the, you know, you you go out for the beer with some guy you used to know and you're like, I don't have any fucking thing to talk about with you. It just doesn't click anymore. You know, it's like, you're just in a different space. Now. Right. And, and, and the um, thing, and the thing that bound you guys together or in any relationship is, is not, and that's okay. Right. Like that's yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah, I think with Greg, since him and I really, you know, musically <clears throat> wrote everything together. Like, um, you know, I think we, we, I, you know, in my mind, I, you know, in, you know, and I'm probably wrong, but in my mind, like we'd still have that 
type of thing. But I mean, again, that's just wishful thinking. I'm not like, you know, bitter about it, but, and I'm truly not. Um, but I mean, yeah, it just, it, it would be, you know, knowing that that connection could still be there. It's, it's, um, because we, you know, and I mean, shit, I still listen, you know, I'll still put on, you know, one of our songs or a few songs like driving on a Sunday morning. And I'm just like, this is fucking awesome. Like I still, you know, there, a lot of people I've talked to that have been in bands or what, you know, they don't, they don't listen to their stuff, right? They're like, ah, it sucks. And maybe they do like it. And it's just too hard for them to listen to it to your point. But like, I truly still like it. You know, it's not like, oh yeah, I did that when I was a kid. And yeah, it's just bull like, I I still think some of it's pretty magical. I'm going to ask you, uh, can you, are you okay on time? I am. You want to keep talking for a little bit? I have to switch. <laughs> I such high tech here in the studio. I have to switch SD cards. Can you give me like, don't, <laughs> can, you, can you, and you can, and, and too much material, Sully. It's too much material. No, it's good. No, it's good. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to cut off for one second. Don't hang up. And then I'll be back in like, sure. like literally give me like two minutes. All right, hold on. All right. Don't move.